0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed Play Love, a bite sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Chris Minogue, Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire. She's been uh, doing this for 30 years, so she knows what she's talking about. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is your opportunity to ask questions about your babies, your toddlers, the mixture of the two. It might be related to sleep or to how they're feeding, whether it's breast or bottle. Any of your questions, feel free to ask Chris. There are a number of ways you can do that. You can be, if you're watching us live on Facebook now, you can put comments underneath the video, or you can call us on 1-800-543-772. If you're listening to this via podcast, then you can email us. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And we have our first question today from Vanessa, who has a three and a half and a five month old. Vanessa, you're having lots of fun right now, are you? (laughs) Yeah, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be yes. facetious. It's just, you know, it's a it's a hard time when you've got children of that age. <laughs> Tell us what's happening.
1: Um, so the three and a half month old, my daughter, uh, she gets up first generally and she's been getting up earlier and earlier just recently um, and it's been 5.30 in the morning for the last week.
2: Your three-year-old or your three and a half-month-old? Oh, no, three the and
1: three a and half. Three and a half year old. Oh and, year old. And there's okay. Five month yeah. old.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. And the
1: five month old generally was waking at seven, which was lovely. Oh yeah. But he's the last two days woken up at five thirty two and is fully in. <laughs> awake as well.
2: Okay, so let's cure the three year old because if we cure the three year old there were less noise in the house. That might help your five month old. That might be it, yeah. So how much sleep does she have during the day?
1: So she's dropped her sleeps now. So um, about the last two weeks, she's not had a nap at all okay.
2: during the day. And what time do you put her to bed?
1: Um, seven. Since she's been since she's dropped her naps, I'm going for seven. Yep. It used to be like eight, eight thirty sometimes when she was having a big nap.
2: Yeah, but now you've moved her back to seven, which is right. Um, yeah. And other than this early waking, what time was she waking in the morning?
1: She's always been a little bit early for so 6 6:30 okay. sometimes she'd go to 7 that was a bit all over the place
2: okay but she would go to 6 or 6:30
1: yeah
2: so as a that 3 year old not good yeah so as a 3 year old if she was getting up between 6 and 6:30 we'd put her down about 7:30 at night so once mm-hmm. she's made this adjustment which she would have done if she hasn't had a nap for now 2 weeks you try and very slowly increase it out to the 7.30 and that might be what will push it in back into the 6 o'clock again. So if she's going to bed at 7 and she's having 11 hours sleep or hopefully getting 11 hours sleep, she's running short each day and getting herself more and more overtired which isn't helping. So when she wakes at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, what does she need? What's she telling you?
1: <laughs> she wakes up and she immediately shouts out Mom, Dad, I've had enough sleep. <laughs>
2: That's what we like, intelligence.
1: Really <laughs>
2: yes. And what do so you shout back?
1: Down there. Um, my husband runs to the room to stop her. Um,
2: Pulling out.
1: Her. They're five months old yep. and gets her up, he takes her out to the back. Okay. The back
2: and they watch ABC Kids and eat. He- Okay. I think that's where the problem is. So her message that she's been getting recently is, when I wake up and call out, I get up. So we need the message of when I wake up and I call out, I'm going back to sleep. So I think this is going to be a little bit tough to turn around because it's been happening for a little while, but it's not impossible. So when dad runs down that hallway, which probably actually wakes up the five-month-old, then I think we need him to give her a message about going back to sleep, that it's not time to get up. And we don't get up till, you know, six o'clock. And we mm-hmm. often use things like grow clocks where they change colours so they know not to call out and not get up before a certain time, which you can set. Don't set it for seven because that's unrealistic. Um, but mm-hmm. if you set it for six or quarter past six and it'll literally change colours. And at that point, she can call out or she can come down or come down to you into your room. So there's a little bit that she's at an age where she can make a decision about that behavior, but we have to give her a little bit of a visual help. So that's one thing we can do. And the other thing we can do is dad needs to give her the message that she is going back to bed when he runs down there, but he's inadvertently to stop the five-month waking up, he's actually told her that it's okay to get up when I wake up. So she just needs to go get a bit of a different message about going back to sleep till six o'clock. So I'd have a chat to her long before bedtime, like at three o'clock in the afternoon and say to her things like, when you wake up tonight, we're not going to get up until after six o'clock. So if daddy comes down, you need to go back to sleep. So we're going to give her that, you know, we're going to tell her that things are changing. And then you might also think about something visual like those types of grow clocks. There's lots of different versions on on the market um, where you can set the time and it will change. So if sometimes it's an animal and they open their eyes, sometimes it's a colour, you know, so it goes blue at night and it goes orange in the day. To give her a visual idea about where we're at with her sleep, because I have a feeling she'll start waking earlier and earlier and calling out and thinking it's time to get up because she doesn't realise it's time to go back to bed.
1: Thank
2: you. Okay. So be a bit more strict. Yeah, well, if you're happy to get up at 5 o'clock, oh, she, no. she can certainly get up at 5 o'clock, but she's a bit confused because somebody ran down and said it's okay to get up at 5 o'clock. So yeah. she's just reacting to what is going on. I'm sure she's not going to be happy about the fact that she has to go back to sleep, but I think you need it because... Otherwise, she's not going to get enough sleep overall, and she, her behaviour in the day will get a little bit more fragile. Okay, and if
0: you, you very much. and also Vanessa, obviously, um, yeah. it seems like the five-month-old is waking mm-hmm. up because your little one, yeah. your older ones, waking up. up. But if you um, try this, and if it doesn't work, come back to us because and we'll, Chris can yeah try and work out. But I think the
2: five-year-old can hear that noise five-month-old, sorry, can hear the noise in the house and they're in such a light sleep phase then that it wakes them up as well.
0: So good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for calling. No problem. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more of your questions right after this. Sometimes parenting can be challenging and sometimes it can be a downright laugh. What we're really talking about is your son thinks babies are made through hugging. You have to rectify this problem
3: Because now every time he hugs you he's like, are you pregnant or am I pregnant?
0: I'm Siobhan Hunt and The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast I host where we invite a mum and a dad to discuss the events and stories of the week. The Parent Panel, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. Our next question is from Jen on Facebook. She has a Um, 16-month-old. Hi, my 16-month-old has started to really resist going to sleep at bedtime and also waking up more during the night. A few weeks ago, he'd self-settle at bedtime um, and only wake up during the night briefly a couple of times a week. And now he's taking one hour plus of shushing, patting, going in and out, to go to sleep at bedtime and is waking up several times at night and sometimes taking hours to go back to sleep. He seems to be really restless, tossing and turning in his cot. He has one sleep a day at around 12pm, anywhere from an hour to two and a half hours, which he usually self-settles for. We usually try to put him to bed around 7, 7.30. He started daycare two days a week a few weeks ago and has been much more clingy since then and also has a couple of teeth coming through. Hard to know how much these are contributing. What's your advice for approaching bedtime and his overnight wakings? Okay, so
2: weirdly i've been dealing with this sort of problem all week so there must be a whole lot of 16 and 17 month olds out there ganging up on their parents (laughs) i don't think it's probably the teething because i think you would see it in lots of different avenues he'd be whingy all day so if this is predominantly a sleep behavior when you go to put him to sleep or when he wakes at night then i think it's turned into a behavior thing So, and that happens fairly simply just because of age. So I think you're putting him down the right time. So you're putting him down at 12. I'd probably personally have him up by two and put him down at 7.30, giving myself that five and a half hour window. Um, And I'm sure you can make adjustments. It depends on how many days he's doing that one hour sleep, because he would be overtired collectively by only having a one hour sleep. But if that's fairly rare, and more often he's getting two hours sleep. To help um, adjust him to self-settling, I'd probably have him up by two and put him down at 7.30. So when we say put him down at 7.30, we literally mean at 7.30 as opposed to um, uh, reading him stories at 7. So we would read the story around 7.30. and then put him down, so maybe quarter past seven. So sometimes that makes a difference because the wind down has been a bit too early and then they have all the energy in the world to jump around in their bed and call out. The other thing that I think goes on for these babies and what I've seen over this week is they're also really aware of what's going on in the household. So they're aware that when you shut the door you're going downstairs or you're going away from them and that you're still in the house. So they call out a lot more. Um, But I think if we get the timing right and it's pretty good, Then the next thing is about consistency and what happens for him when he wakes, whether it's seven o'clock at night and going down or whether it's intermittently across the night, that what we do for him is consistent because otherwise he gets a bit of a mixed message. So if I rush in during the evening part to get him down and I'm shushing and patting him, then when he wakes at night, we need more shushing and patting. The interesting thing you've written here is that he started daycare and I think these two things might have collided at the same time because it's very common at a daycare for them to shush and pat the babies. And where he wasn't getting that before and he could self-settle, a couple of days of daycare and a couple of pats and shushing, um, and suddenly he's learnt that patting and shushing and someone being around when I go to sleep is now how I go to sleep. So you've probably got a couple of things going. Ask the daycare how they're putting him down. And if they're doing lots of shushing and patting, just ask them to maybe stand by him and not do that physical part because it's impacting the way he's sleeping at home. And I'm sure they'll work with you in creating a pattern that you can achieve at home and that they can do in the daycare setting. Um, and then we then need to unfortunately reteach him to self-settle. So by giving him little windows of um And little windows of trying to settle himself. Give him, you know, five, six minutes to try and get himself to a place where he can settle himself. And then if you have to go in, make it quick and make it comforting. So just put him down. And just say time for sleep and then out of the room again so you've checked on him he knows you're around but innately he's putting himself to sleep so usually I do a little increase in windows which you see lots of this if you read about it where if you left him for five minutes the next time I leave him for six or seven minutes or eight or nine minutes until you get to the point where he can put himself down so I think it's just been a combination of awareness daycare and that they do things differently at daycare and that that's now impacting on the way he goes to sleep and what he expects overnight.
0: Well, good luck, Jen. And thank you for your question. Uh, the next one comes from Kiri, who has a 15-month-old, uh, a very cheeky 15-month-old oh, good. apparently, who like loves getting child. into mischief. The problem I'm having at the moment is I don't know how to manage his behaviour. He understands the word no, although very rarely responds to it. Yeah. But if he is doing something naughty, most of the time we distract him. However, yeah. if he doesn't get his way... He's on the and he's on the ground. He'll throw his head on the hard floor and headbutt it, leaving bruises on his forehead. Yes. If he's in our arms, he'll he'll try to either headbutt us or smack us in the face. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to go from here. My husband suggested timeout in the cot, but I don't want my son to associate going to bed as a punishment. I'm a teacher, and all my training recommends a consequence for undesirable behaviour. What is the consequence for toddlers? Good question. Am I expecting too much from him? I've spoken to his daycare teachers and they look at me as though I'm talking about someone else's child, (laughs) as they've never seen this behavior from my son. He'll cry if he's in trouble, but never throws a tantrum help.
2: Okay. So the tantrums are definitely, that's something go- that generally goes on at home and they've they've got big days. If they're at daycare and they've been good all day, so hence why they look at you as if you're talking about somebody else's child, he's got to release that somewhere. So he's pretty fragile. You're fragile. He's fragile. You've had a big day work. He's had a big day at daycare. So when it doesn't go quite right, he loses it. So Tantrums at 15 months are completely normal because they're trying to navigate their world. They're trying to work out how to negotiate. They don't have the language skills, but they understand what we're talking about. But your approach is right, that generally speaking, you distract him or ignore some behaviours and that we only give him that consequence that you were speaking about, which is the right way to look at it in a place where he's either, he's had a massive tantrum and he could be hurting you. So we have to protect ourselves as much as we have to protect him. But in this case, I would put him in his cot because it's a safe environment to put him in. I think we overthink the cot and the bed and the discipline thing. It's just a safe space. So you could do something like we're putting him in that because it's safe, because we don't want him banging his head on the floor, or we don't want him to hurt you inadvertently like break your nose or hurt your teeth. They bite, that's the other thing they do, um, and that can really hurt. So I think we could put him in the cot, but maybe leave the door open as opposed to shutting the door. Remember your bedtime um, sequence is usually very, very different to what we're talking about here. So your bedtime sequence is usually calmer (coughs) and quieter and nurturing and reading stories and all those sorts of things. This is more about safety, and I would agree. I, I think if he was at that level, I would be putting him somewhere safe, letting him calm down. And let him calm down because that's a skill that children have to learn too, is how to calm down. It takes about oh, three years or four more from about here. And then then once he's calmed down, go back to him, pick him up, give him, give him a cuddle. And you have to be careful with the cuddle because otherwise they think they're, they're getting cuddled for bad behaviour and all sorts of things. So give him a cuddle, calm him down. And then reinforce what it was. So I'd say things like, we don't hit people if he was hitting. We don't kick if he was kicking. Um, If he was just struggling with something, such as you took a toy away from him, then just distract him back into another play. So I do think that if he hits, kicks, bites, you know, does anything in a physical sense, you have to reinforce it and say, we do not hit, kick, bite in our family. Because the language he's hearing now is important, even if he's not responding back to you with his own language.
0: Okay. Well, good luck with that, Kiri. And I'm just going to break the fourth wall here, not that there is a fourth wall in radio. Um, We have a lovely um, person doing our Facebook for us, Maddie. So if you hear coughing, it's because (laughs) the poor love has to stay here and make sure that our show's going live and you can ask your questions, but she's actually sick. And I'd rather than have her try and kill herself I'll by not coughing uh, cough you may hear a couple of coughs here and there but I'm just letting you know that's where it's yeah. from and we may send her home afterwards so she can get some rest we we done our bit. this is just so you guys can ask you questions really so please just bear with us um we do have a phone call now this is sure. from uh, Fiona on the phone now um Chris I've turned your headphones down a little bit so let's just check oh, that you can better. hear Fiona yeah. Fiona how are you good how are you ladies
3: Good thanks, excellent. How are you? We
0: can hear you. Tell us Ooh. what's
3: going on. Excellent. So, sixteen month old again. So, Chris, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so he just recently started like a. Um, he's been really good going to bed two hours in the afternoon, and just okay. recently noticed that he's now cutting down to an hour and a half. So last week he was kind of doing a bit of movement. So I thought, right, I'll move his nap to twelve o'clock because it was yeah, obviously eleven thirty. Right. Moved it to twelve, um, but. Still noticing getting up about 1.30, quarter to two. Right. I'm not sure if one and a half hours is enough sleep for him. What time do you put him back to bed at night? We put him down at seven. Uh, is he happy? <sighs> Look, he, by the time, yeah, he's pretty happy. I mean, he gets a bit you know, clingy yeah, and so forth, but Dad distracts end. him and yeah. you know, he, he laughs and he plays and he's fine. Yeah. Um, and then he goes down pretty well. At night and sleeps through till about... And I've noticed, too, that he kind of makes little noise at about 5.30. I don't go in. He doesn't cry out. He's not screaming out or saying mum, mum or anything. He's just
2: making noises.
3: Yeah, making noises. So I don't know if he's awake or if he's just... Or if he's, you know, trying to self-settle himself to bed. But we don't normally go in there till, you know, between 6 and 6.30. Okay. Um, That that all sounds pretty
2: normal. So I think he can manage the hour and a half as long as he's not fragile in the morning. So if he's very fragile in the morning, if he wakes up, he's very windy, very clingy, you know, is, you know, the w- one yeah. simple thing goes wrong and his whole world falls apart. I might um, consider putting him down at 11.30 to see if okay. he can catch a bit of that sleep back up. But I wow. think if you put him down at 12 generally and yeah. with the development that's going to happen, as in he's going to learn to run, climb, you <laughs> know, and all those sorts of things, sure. that will still give you a window so he's, you know, really exerted himself. Hmm. And I think we'll just leave it at 12 with a maximum of it 2 unless he's very fragile in the morning that I would put him to bed earlier. Oh, in terms of like um, not being able to make it to 12? Yeah, that's right. So... Not yes. he, that he necessarily falls asleep, but he just can't cope. So he's having little tantrums and whinging constantly. I'd put him down a little bit earlier at okay. 11.30. Okay.
3: so it's just more so like a judgment thing <laughs> yeah, on, on the day, right. really? Okay. Yep. Right. And yep. then have him up by two. So the yep. hour and a half – I was just concerned that he wasn't getting enough because I know it's about two to two and a half hours.
2: Yeah, that's right. But he's still doing well. So if your nights had fallen apart or you had difficulty no. putting him to bed at seven, I would go, okay, let's let's try and work out how we can get the two hours – but yep. I think actually, if you just leave it at the at the twelve o'clock, generally, yep. um, the two hours will come back. Oh, two, okay, yeah. That'll keep, yeah, it'll keep. Yeah, will. It'll, it'll okay. come back
3: slowly. Yeah, yeah, it'll okay, come back. Great. Well, that's that's what we'll do, and I'll I'll let Child care know that that's what they need to do, and that'll <laughs> okay. be great. And I'll see how we go. Thanks. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I really <laughs> love try, so thanks again. <laughs> thanks, Don't Fiona. Worries,
0: see you later. Cheers. Bye. 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 Um, our next question we'll take is from Lucy Soos, who has a ten month old. yeah um, we're trying to get uh, we're going to try night weaning
3: right. um, okay
0: but there is a one uh, one or two wakes at night where my partner can't settle him and he wants boob. yeah so. We are giving into it, it to him. Not yeah. every night, but a lot of nights he wakes and can't settle back down. So I feed him, we rock him, pat him in the cot, and soon enough he's up again. This yeah. can go on for three hours. hours. Sometimes yeah. I then wake my partner and she tries to settle him. Yeah. In the end, I give him boob again for comfort. He seems a bit wired, but not wanting to play, just can't settle to sleep. Yeah, it's Any probably, ideas it's probably overtired on? at that
2: point where he looks wired he's just because he's lost three hours of sleep. And I think the thing here is the inconsistency. So sometimes he gets the boob and sometimes he doesn't. So I think the idea of weaning him, and especially as he's 10 months old now, is probably the easiest way to move forward with more consistency and less um, less, less, not sure what to do and less ad hoc because he's going, well, I'll just wait till you give me what I give you because last night you did and, and this night you're trying to be strong and then eventually you give in. And by that point, he's so upset, he's beyond himself and you end up back in the pickle again. So 10 months, he should have three good meals, three um, milk feeds in the day and two sleeps. So if we're ticking those boxes, then you can move forward and think, right, he doesn't need anything overnight. Let's keep going. And then you need three nights where you can be consistent. So it's the typical three night pattern of changing a behavior. And I would do similar to what I suggested for the earlier caller. I would let him go for about five minutes and then I would go in and I'd pat him. Um, and I don't pat for very long because I don't want to substitute boobs for patting. I'm only patting to give him some comfort. And then I'm leaving him a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. I think when you tackle anything like this at night, you need to understand, well, what are you looking for? So on the first night, it's going to take you about an hour to get him to sleep. And at some point in there, he might get himself really worked up. You might have to pick him up, give him a cuddle and then put him back down again. So it's not that they don't get picked up. The important thing is that you might have that in the beginning and then you might have it once overnight And everyone's exhausted by the morning. It's what happens on the second and the third night that's important. So the second night, it should be much shorter and he reacts much quicker and he sleeps much longer before he wakes. And the third night, you hear him, but you don't have to get up to him. If it's as difficult on the third night as it is on the first night, you need to stop what you're doing because we've missed something. Okay. And we only have limited information here. So I would have a go at doing the wean. And I would just wean the feeds off. So I wouldn't do one feed and no feeds. I'd just go, okay, you're old enough now, let's wean those feeds off. So I'd wean the feeds off, but you need to give yourself three nights consistency. He needs to sleep for 10 nights for us to know, okay, we've done this. It's, it's done. We're on our way now. So <laughs> stay strong. Have a plan that you're both going to stick to because then you're both supporting each other. And, and um, give it a go. And I think you'll be surprised at how it does improve the way they sleep overnight.
0: Good luck, Lucy. Um, we now have Ashley on the phone. She has a 14-month-old and uh, has a question about day sleeps. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, tell, thanks. tell us what's happening.
1: Um, okay, so I have a four, 14-month-old. He's pretty good. He sleeps most times through the night. But just the day sleeps. Um, he's still having two day sleeps. Yep. In the morning, roughly 9.30. Yeah. And he'll only sleep for probably half an hour. That's right. And, and then about 2, 2.30. Yep. And I'll be lucky to get an hour out of him. Yep. Is that right?
2: Well, I think he's probably saying that he needs to move those two sleeps to one sleep in the one. days now that he's yep. 14 months old. Because both those sleeps are getting um, shorter. So we're going yeah. to combine the two to become one, and then he'll have a nice sort of um, a two-hour sleep for you in the middle of the day. So, okay. and fourteen months, it's appropriate to move into one sleep, and then I think you'll get a nice rhythm of sleep in the day for him. So okay. what you have to do is pick a couple of days where you're not going to be doing much in the morning, because if you put him in the car or the pram, it's going—he'll have a ten-minute sleep. sleep, and then the whole yeah. thing will fall apart. So give yourself like three or four mornings where you're going to be home in the morning and you're going to plot around with him. So you'll give him, you know, morning feed, then breakfast. And then at 11 o'clock, you're going to give him lunch. Okay, so okay. plot yep. around in the house. It's going to get a bit whingy, um, so you might need to pull out all your magic tricks, like water play works really well, bubbles yeah. works okay. really well. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're going to give him lunch at 11, and then you're going to put him down at 11.30. And what we're hoping is that he combines both those sleeps together and sleeps for about two hours. So he'll get up okay. about 1.30. If he wants to sleep longer, you don't have to wake him. So if he wants to go until 2, that would be fantastic. And then okay. you're going to swing him through to about six thirty seven. So that yeah. first couple he of goes days
1: about probably seven at the moment. Yeah. Know,
2: so those first few days of moving it to one sleep. He might be a little bit more fragile in the afternoon. He might need to go to bed more by 6.30 okay. to 7, as opposed yes. to 7 that he does. And within a couple of days of adjusting to that one sleep, he'll go back to sleeping at 7. He'll have the energy and he'll make it through to yeah, 7. Okay. And I think okay. that's all that needs to be done here, just so he's looking for moving to one sleep.
1: And just a quick question about bottles. He's sure. still having three bottles a day.
2: So, um, that, so when you go to one sleep, it'll drop to two
1: So he'll drop his
2: lunchtime one. So he'll have lunch at eleven, go down eleven thirty, and once he wakes we give him a little snack and a drink. So it drops that bottle and then he'll still have his bottle in the evening before he goes down.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great. Brilliant. brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Ashley Thanks. See you later. Bye.
0: We have a question from Stephanie on Facebook. Um, my nine-and-a-half-month-old has never really slept well, but it seems to have gotten worse of late. Yeah. Her routine is currently 8 to 9 wake-up, 10 a.m. breakfast, 11 to 12 bottle and 1 to 2-hour nap, 3-ish lunch, 4 to 5 a bottle and nap for around 1 to 2 hours, dinner 7, 7.30, bottle and bed around 8.30, 9.00. But she wakes up sometimes, once or twice, anywhere between 1 and 4 for another bottle. Should I just cut this bottle and let her settle or continue the bottle for a while longer? The other night she was up from midnight till one thirty, screaming unless I held and rocked her. She does know how to sell settled, but I'm at a loss and just exhausted. Nothing has changed and she's still in our room. I just don't know anymore.
2: Okay. So it's a very late day, so I just had to move everything because she wakes up at 8 or 9 in the morning. So I think this
0: is the first question we've had where a baby wakes up that late. No,
2: lots of babies do it. It's the same 12 hours. They've just moved the 12 hours around. But the thing about this is the hard thing about them waking later and going to bed, because she's still doing the same 12 hours, she's still going to bed at 9 o'clock at night, is that poor mum and dad don't have any downtime at all. And so it is exhausting because when you read it, when I hear, it sort of seems right. It's just later in the day. And then she wakes up once overnight and does this sort of night behaviour that we can try and settle down. But in actual fact, when you read it, although it sounds romantic and lovely, isn't it beautiful, you actually physically have no time to yourself. And I'm sure if Stephanie was on the phone, that's exactly part of the problem Mm. because she goes to bed and they go to bed half an hour later or an hour later. And so in this case, I would be thinking that I would move the sequence earlier to, um, one, give the baby a better night pattern just in general. Is, he, is she, she having three bottles in the day? So that's one bottle, two bottles, three, one before yeah. she goes to bed. Yeah. So she's having three bottles and three meals. And your timing for her sleeps in the day seem right. So it, it, for all the day behaviour, I think she's doing really well, even if the time frame is a bit later. It's just this one at night. Um and I can imagine that that's really difficult because you've got long days yourself. So one thing to think about is shifting the clock back a little bit. Now weirdly will just happen with daylight saving because oh. the day the clock's going backwards. Okay. So she'll naturally wake at 7. Right. Seven to seven thirty, and go to bed at seven to seven thirty. So that might sort itself out. The screaming at night for a bottle. The first thing I do while you think about this is decrease the bottle you're giving her at night, just to give yourself a moment to think about. So if you've been putting one hundred and I don't know one hundred and eighty mils in the bottle, start to give her about one hundred and twenty mils in the bottle. Then after a few nights, sixty mils in the bottle. So we're just weaning it back, um, just to give yourself a little breathing space in the middle of the night. And then the next thing we're going to have to do is do the resettling. So if from what I'm reading here, everything's fine. So the only thing we don't know is how she goes down for these sleeps in the day. So if you're rocking her or patting her to sleep, then she's just mimicking that at one o'clock in the morning. If she has a bottle before she goes to bed, and she's going to sleep off the back of the bottle, that's why you're having difficulty getting that bottle off her overnight. Um, So hopefully during the day you're putting her down, going out, and she can go to sleep herself because that's going to make it easier to fix the night problem because then it's just a matter of just leaving her for a few minutes, going in and patting her. The difference with a nine-month-old is I stay longer and I get her calmer than maybe if it was a 12-month-old. But the technique itself is the same. So leave her a few more minutes, go in and pat her. And that for you and your partner, we're doing the same thing. And that's really hard when you've had no downtime for yourself, no space out, no time as a couple. And then she's screaming at you at 1.30 in the morning. So I don't know. In this case, I would shift the day to give you more energy by the end of the the day, have some downtime to cope with what you have to do at night. But the answer to curing that is to decrease that bottle, take the bottle away, and then do some self-settling to get her through. So I hope that helps. Yeah,
0: and you're saying as well that the daylight savings. Yeah, daylight saving, which is
2: going to happen in a couple of weeks' time, is she's going to naturally wake up an hour early anyway. Yeah. Which is going to lead us to a whole lot of people saying, but what happens when my baby wakes at five then? Uh, that's another question. <laughs> we'll,
0: oh, we'll I bet you answered it's that about, last week. I, oh yeah, I did do. Yes. So if you are not Stephanie, Stephanie, <laughs> do not listen to this advice. If you're not Stephanie, Stephanie and your baby wakes up an hour earlier, earlier after with daylight, daylight saving, saving, then what happens? Please?
2: Then we have to absorb that hour in the day. So by the end of that first day, you have to be putting them back to bed at the same time you do every night. So if they unfortunately wake at five in the morning because that was six, then you're going to add an extra little sleep in the day so that they still go to bed at seven o'clock at night and then that one hour will be absorbed in that first night and they'll wake up at the right time the next morning.
0: So ignore that, Stephanie. Everybody else, that's yes, for you. Yes,
2: Stephanie, yours is a different one. It's going to yes, work for you. <laughs>
0: it's going to just just go with the flow. Uh, we've got time for one last question. This is from Nicole on Facebook. Um, Hi, my six-month-old keeps waking at 5 to 5.30 a.m. Some days we get him back to sleep until 6, 6.30. Other days not successful. He's on three naps but has recently started staying awake longer and sleeping less. Yeah. Now does one long nap of one-hour um to ten or one an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and two short naps of thirty to forty minutes, rather than two long and one short. Yeah, this means I get him into bed by six thirty. Otherwise, he's so overtired he just he screams. screams. I can't seem to shift him so that he goes to bed later and wakes later. Even on the days where he does sleep later, 7, 7.30, he still wakes at 5, mm-hmm. 5.30 and needing help to go back to sleep. How do I shift him and how do I prevent these wake-ups? He has one overnight feed at 2 a.m., so I don't believe it's hunger.
2: No, I don't it's think it's hunger either. I think he's overtired. So as, you, as he woke early in the morning, he got more overtired and that started affecting his days in the sleep and now he's overtired because he's shifted the pattern around the other way. What you have to do with this one is you are absolutely right. It's not about milk. It's not about food. Your timing probably is right because you've got three sleeps in the day. You just need to do the resettling. And I think that's really hard if you've already done a bout of resettling. And when it's 5, 5.30 in the morning, it is really difficult because it's so close to 6 that you do all this work and then 6 o'clock and you get them up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I would start in the day. So I would start with the resettling in the day and try and go back to the same pattern. So I think the fundamental mistake that I see here is when they wake up at 5, 5.30, people still take the time in to put him to bed from 6.00. So they might put their child to bed at 8.30 or 8, 8.30, but actually the child's been awake for three hours and they're already overtired. So in this case, I would go from when he wakes up, two hours later, I'd put him down to bed. When he wakes up from that sleep, two hours later, I'd put him down to bed, and so forth and so, right across the day. So he might have four sleeps in that day. The next day, I'm going to try, because he's had more sleep in the day, he'll push a little bit later, so that the morning goes a little bit later. And then I would start with the resettling in that morning sleep because if they don't get a good morning, first morning sleep, they are overtired for the rest of the day. So if, if they get 45 minutes and then do an hour and a half, and still that's not a big, big sleep to carry him right through the day, then he's only getting about two and a half hours in 12 or 13 hours, and it's not enough. So we've got to get more sleep in and then we've got to start extending the sleep in the day. So you have to go back to doing some resettling.
0: All right. Well, thanks for your question, Nicole. Hope that works for you. And that's all we have time for Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you for all your questions. And if you've been listening listening to us via the podcast but would like to ask Chris your questions live, you can join us every Friday at 11.30 a.m., for the moment, Australian mm-hmm. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on the Babyology Facebook page. Just search for Babyology on Facebook and we'll be there. You can write your questions in the comments section or call us live on the Helpline hotline, which is one eight hundred five four 543 772 Chris, thanks so much for your time. Always a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Next time on Feed, Play, Love, we're talking to Ailsa Robson, author of Perfectly Imperfect, about publishing her most intimate thoughts.
1: So, no, it was very trying when I,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> when I started realising that this was going to be public. But I knew that it was for such a good purpose. The discomfort, my discomfort, was going to be for the greater good.
0: Listen to Elsa explain how her diary entries are helping women everywhere be more accepting of their bodies. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.